This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. And welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. No sooner has the first men's senior international window of 2023 closed, another one opens, this time for the women. It's their second of the year, in fact. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, it was only February when the Lionesses were last in action, no doubt. You'll remember the victory in the Arnold Clark Cup. 4-0 win over Korea, 2-1 against Italy, and all rounded off with an emphatic 6-1 result against Belgium. Well, this time, it could be argued that the stakes and the opponents are bigger. But with the World Cup looming, that's what you'd want, right? We face Brazil in the first ever female finalissima. Uh, It's the European champions against the South American champions. And much like the men's final last year between Italy and Argentina, it's being played at Wembley Stadium. A game I've got tickets for. Uh, Then following that, we play Australia at Brentford's G-Tech Stadium, a venue (laughs) You may remember I strongly criticised some time back and nothing since then has changed my mind. Holding a Lionesses game, once again in London, in a 17,000 capacity ground, to me is just daft. So many more people could have seen the team had it have been a, a bigger venue, maybe somewhere else in the country. I just don't get it. Anyway, Australia. They are a respectable side, one that features the likes of Chelsea's Sam Kerr. Uh, Also, along with New Zealand, they are, of course, the hosts of the World Cup, which begins on the 20th of July this year. Coming up, I'll take a look at Serena Weidman's latest squad that she announced on the 28th of March, and I'll also be joined by Rich Laverty to talk more about the games. First, though, in case you've missed any previous episodes, they are all available at your podcast provider of choice or threelionspodcast.com. There's the ones where I looked back on Italy and Ukraine for the men's seniors. There was one with Asa Fogelberg and her book, Three Lions and a Kitten. Uh, Of course, there is also the Arnold Clark Cup review. Loads there that are still relevant, uh, even a few months down the line. And don't forget, you can get in touch on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. So, with 29 unbeaten Lionesses games under her belt, Serena Weigman announced her latest squad. One with 25 players. Four goalkeepers, nine defenders, five midfielders and seven forwards. No real surprises in terms of names. Now, I am recording this shortly after the squad has been announced. Uh, There is still a weekend of WSL games to come. So there is a chance that some players uh, may have pulled out and some new have come in. 
However, in this instance, personal circumstances mean that I'm not going to be able to edit in or out those names, I'm afraid, if it does sound a little bit out of date by the time you listen to this. But anyway, uh, here is that squad. As I say, 25 players. Mary Earps, Hannah Hampton, Sandy McKeever and Ellie Roebuck are our goalkeepers. Defenders, Millie Bright, Lucy Bronze, uh, she is the most capped player with 102 caps under her belt. Jess Carter and Neve Charles, Alex Greenwood, Maya Letizia, Esme Morgan, Lucy Parker uh, returns. She is the only player in the squad to be uncapped uh, and Captain Leah Williamson. In midfield, Laura Coombs, Jordan Nobbs, Georgia Stanway, Ella Toon, Kira Walsh. Uh, in amongst those midfielders, Laura Coombs is the oldest within the squad. Uh, and Georgia Stanway and Ella Toon are both the highest goal scorers within the squad. They've both got 15 to their name. And then up front, Rachel Daly, Lauren Hemp, Lauren James, Chloe Kelly, Jess Park, Alessia Russo... And the youngest player within the squad is Katie Robinson. It is a squad with 717 caps across it, 107 goals, and it has a bang-on average age of 25. So, just going through it, of course, Hannah Hampton returns. She has obviously smoothed over any issues that she has had uh, in the past. And I can only assume that because Emily Ramsey is injured, uh, this is the reason that uh, Hannah Hampton has got the opportunity. Uh, but do we need four goalkeepers? No, personally, in my uh, opinion. Uh, Millie Bright had an injury when she played against Leon in the Champions League recently. So we'll see how she fares. Uh, Lucy Parker, as I mentioned, is back. She withdrew from the last squad so hopefully she can get herself a, a cap this time around uh, Esme Morgan returns after missing the Arnold Clark Cup Rachel Daly well this time she is down as a striker she's having a great time uh, at Villa at the moment 21 goals in 23 appearances uh, but there are some players that have missed out of course there is no Katie Zellum no Ebony Salmon, no Beth England, no Emily Ramsey, as we've mentioned, no Frank Kirby, no Nikita Paris or Lottie Wubamoy. Uh, and of course, Beth Mead is still out injured long term. And I heard some of Serena's press conference. Uh, she has already gone on record as saying it's unlikely that Beth Mead will feature in her World Cup thinking. Such is the nature of her injury and the recovery time. Such a shame. Such a fantastic player. Uh, on the plus side, I guess, she is still 27 and will have another World Cup to look forward to. But oh, you just you just think that when there is the biggest opportunity to play in a World Cup and you can't be part of it because of injury, feel for her. Really do. Uh, but just going through those players... Uh, the teams that they represent, there are seven from Manchester City, four from Manchester United and Chelsea, three from Aston Villa, two from Barcelona and one from West Ham, Arsenal, Bayern Munich, 
Everton and Brighton. Now, before we chat with Rich Laverty, let's just take a glance over the previous games against both Brazil and Australia. Uh, of course, on the 6th of April, we play Brazil. That's at Wembley in the Funnelissima. We have played them on three occasions. Uh, the last time we met was in 2019. Uh, that was played up at Middlesbrough. We lost 2-1 there. Beth England getting the goal. 2018, we actually played them twice. Uh, we played them in the She Believes Cup in America, where we won 2-1. Goals thanks to Ellen White and Beth Mead. Uh, and in also 2018, we played them at Meadow Lane, home of Notts County uh, in Nottingham, where we won by a goal to nil, thanks to a goal from Frank Kirby. Then, of course, there is the friendly against Australia on the 11th of April. Uh, it's taken place at Brentford. In the past, we have met on five occasions. Most recently, there was a draw at Fulham in 2018. Frank Kirby with the goal there. 2015, we met twice. We met once in China, where we won. 1-0, thanks to a goal by Izzy Christiansen. Also in 2015, we met in the Cyprus Cup. 3-0, a Jody Taylor hat-trick. Now in 2011... Uh, we played in Germany, but I think this was this was almost an unofficial fixture that took place before the World Cup of that year. Uh, we lost 2-0 anyway. The first meeting between the two nations, the Lionesses and the Matildas, was in 2003. It took place at Burnley and Rachel Yankee was the goal scorer where we won by a goal to nil. Welcome, as always, to the podcast, Rich Laverty. Hi, Rich. Morning, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, I know we last spoke before the the Arnold Clark Cup, which, of course, was Korea, Italy, Belgium. And I guess with the, the greatest of respect, they could have been seen almost as World Cup group games, um, because now we've got Australia and Brazil. They're sort of knockout calibre of opponents, and it's... Just the sort of test that we need now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a good analogy to be fair. I think we said at the time, to be honest, I think the Arna Clark Cup was was kind of designed um, in a way with the World Cup in mind and and some of the similarities uh, between the teams England will, will play um, in Australia. So, yeah, it's a good test. Obviously, the Brazil match is, is, was fixed um, last year when obviously Brazil won Copa America, England won the Euros, so um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting occasion because obviously there's a trophy to play for, and yeah, I think Australia would be good because they're they're flying at the moment. You know, they've really clicked now under their new head coach, and um, you know they're going into the World Cup with with a lot of confidence. They're going in obviously as co-hosts, so you know we've seen the effect that that hosting a tournament can have on a team and. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to them, actually. I think, I mean, I was looking forward to their last games, but, you know, I think we said, obviously, they weren't maybe the most glamorous on paper, even though they were good tests, um, probably for what England needed at the time. But, um, yeah, I think Brazil, obviously, are a very good team. They play very good football. Australia play very good football at the moment. So, uh, 
yeah, I think there'll be uh, be two very interesting games, and and I think it will give us a probably a better account of of where England are at at the moment. Who are the the strongest of the two? Is it Brazil who would be sort of on paper um, in the FIFA rankings? Are they the higher of the two? It's a really tough one. I, I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember who's above who. I think they're very close, but mm. I really like the Brazil team. I think they've got some very, very good young players at the moment coming through that we're seeing playing in, or some playing in Europe, some are playing in, in America. There was, I think, three or four that went to the NWSL over the off-season. And it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think Australia probably have, obviously, those sort of big stars, you know, your Sam Kerr's, et cetera. I think they've got some good players. I think the, the brand of football Brazil play as well makes them quite dangerous to me, especially with the attacking players they've got. I'd say Australia maybe all round are a bit more solid. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount between them, to be honest. I think if they played each other, I think it'd be a very close game. I think they've got different strengths and weaknesses. I think Brazil's Brazil. You know what you're going to mm-hmm. get where they want to play football. Um with the attacking talent that they've got, Martyrs back in the squad as well. So, but I think Australia are maybe a bit more solid at the moment. I think they might frustrate England a bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be two really, really good tests. I really do. This is this is what we want, and it should be uh, should both be entertaining to watch. But let's just touch on the the squad. There's no real major surprises. Um, really, uh, the the one thing that strikes me though is two games, but we've got four goalkeepers. I, I've read a lot of people saying this, and, and I haven't really seen a sort of straightforward answer. Is do you know why we've got four goalkeepers? I don't know why. I could have a guess. I think I think Mary Earps is obviously set in stone. Uh, yeah. I think Ellie Roebuck is is fairly set in stone, and, and I think it's a it's a shootout really, between Sandy McKeever and, and Hannah Hampton for the other spot. And I think it's a good opportunity for Serena to see them both um, in training. She did it the last camp with uh, McKeever and, and Emily Ramsey. Unfortunately, Emily Ramsey got injured during the camp. But, you know, Hannah Hampton's played well. It's been well documented, obviously, some of the, the personal stuff that she's had going on and why she wasn't in the squad. And I think it is between those two for that third spot. So... I think why not put them in there together? You know, Serena can can watch them. She can evaluate their different strengths, their different weaknesses, and and sort of evaluate who the best person is. You know, to to go into the the squad because depending on when she announces it, this might be the last camp before she announces the squad if she decides to do it early. Um, if they have any games at the start of June, then. You know, she may decide that that's going to be a camp for the World Cup squad. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those two are probably both in there to essentially see both of them together and, and evaluate, you know, where they're both at ahead of the tournament. So it would be almost a view to having three goalkeepers in the final World Cup squad? I think so, yeah. I think I don't think you can actually have more than three in the squad. So ah. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think Mary is obviously very, very safe. I think Ellie Roebuck is is pretty safe, and um, yeah, I think it's I think it's between McKeever and, and Hampton for the final spot. So, am I right in saying Emily Ramsey is is injured at the moment? 
Yeah, so she got an injury in the the last camp. Um, I think it was an ankle injury. They didn't really specify what it was, but I, I think I don't think Ramsey was maybe. I think she's still a little not 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 off in terms of quality. I think she's a very good goalkeeper, but maybe just her experience. She hasn't been around the squad as much, so I never maybe saw her as a, a realistic option for the tournament. Maybe maybe the next tournament, right? I, I think with McKeever and, and Hampton having been around the squad a lot more over the past couple of years, that it would probably come down to them anyway. Um, but I certainly do think Emily Ramsey's a big prospect for the future. Okay. In defence, uh, Millie Bright has been a, a stalwart in the in that central pair and really in for the last, well, I don't know how long now. Um Picked up an injury in the Champions League game she played recently. Is do we know if she's going to be a starter or is she just going to be a maybe? A, are they going to risk her? Are Chelsea going to want her to be risked in these games? Um, I think it's a bit fifty-fifty. I think if there's absolutely no chance of them being fit, then she wouldn't be in the squad. But mm. we have seen in the past, uh, Callum, who it was in the last camp, I think maybe Frank Kirby, maybe somebody else. You know, they picked up a knock. Um, I think in the game before the the camp, they went away. They and generally, what happens is every player then gets assessed when they arrive on camp. Um, and if they're deemed that they won't be able to feature, then they get sent home, and somebody else gets called up. So hopefully, Millie Bright is fine. It wouldn't surprise me if she was one of those, you know, where they rock up early next week and they do the assessments and. You get told she's pulled out of the squad, but if she's absolutely fine, then, then there'll be no problems. Emma Hayes said that she would be, so hopefully she's she's fit and firing. Um, because, like you say, she's a she's a big part of the England defence. But I would say for the moment they've put her in there based on what they think, and she'll be assessed like everybody else. And but, I mean, look, if, if she's not. It, it's friendlies and, and it's an opportunity for someone else. There's a lot of defenders in there. I think there's more defenders than than any other area in the squad. Maybe that's with an eye to the fact they may not have Millie um, for both games or either game. So, yeah, it's always an opportunity for somebody else. But yeah, hopefully she is fit because come the World Cup, you know, she will be she will be one of England's starting defenders. There's no doubt. Yeah, I'm mean, just touching on the the Champions League for for a second. It's it's really positive for the Lionesses that we've got so many players who are playing in the the top club side club competition at the moment. Uh, what with with Millie Bright for Chelsea, we've got um, Georgia Stanway by Munich and uh, Lucy Bronze obviously at Barcelona um, and the Arsenal players as well. For the sort of international side of things, it's it's good that we've got players of playing at the highest standard. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, the talent that England have and, and the talent that that the clubs have, whether that's England players or, or international players, you know, they should be there. They're good players. They're European champions. So, but yeah, it's it's been interesting because obviously we've seen English players playing against English clubs. You know, we saw George Stanway playing against Arsenal last week. If Chelsea and Barcelona both get through, then... You know, we'll see Lucy Bronze and, and Kira Walsh play against Chelsea, and, and it's always interesting to sort of see those players play against English clubs and, and where they're at at the moment compared to where our clubs are at. I think it's an interesting week. I think you know both teams have got a very good chance of 
are going through, but there's also a chance both could could go out. I know Chelsea have the lead, but you know, Leon are a very, very good team and you know, Chelsea have had a very, very busy couple of weeks. You know, they looked a little bit lethargic on, on Sunday at times, which they can't afford to be um, tomorrow. I think Arsenal obviously have that lead. Uh, sorry, Arsenal have the deficit, but they were very good in Munich. They probably deserve something out of it for the chances they created. And, you know, they had a pretty simple game on Saturday. It didn't take a lot out of them. You know, they yeah. won 5-1. They've also had the extra the extra little bit of of rest time, but so Bayern Munich, but Bayern Munich had a, a probably a much tougher game. You know, they were playing Wolfsburg, it was a top of the table clash. And yeah, I think if Arsenal get the first goal, it wouldn't shock me if they went through whatsoever. Vice versa, it wouldn't shock me if if Chelsea went out. You know, I think it's I think both of them are really, really poised. Um I mean they all are, to be fair. And they all yeah. finished one, didn't they? So um mm. Every single one of the ties is is wide open going at the second leg, which is what you want, and it shows how hard fought and and close it is. So um, yeah, it's great, it's really good, and you know, players develop playing for the best teams and the best competitions. And and some people often say, you know, do you have to be at the top to get in the England squad? I don't believe you do have to be, but you know, they are the games that Serena Wiegmann and and any international manager wants to see their players involved in because that is where they're going to get the very toughest tests. Yeah. Am I right in saying it's Arsenal won a I don't know if it's called the Champions League at the time, but no English team has won the Champions League. Is that right? Arsenal won the, the highest trophy of what they yeah. could some time ago. It was essentially the same thing. Mm. Same, same thing. It wasn't obviously called Champions League at the time, I think it was just called the UEFA Cup or the European Cup or something like that. Right. It, was, it was a different format, slightly less teams. Obviously, the quality wasn't as high and wide back then. But yeah, they, they've they've essentially won the top European tournament, but no English team has won it since it was rebranded um, as the actual Champions League. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought that was the case. Um, just just back to the squad. Um, Rachel Daly um, officially down as a forward this time. Which I mean, she's having a, a blinding season for for Villa at the moment. Obviously, there's Beth England has been left out. No Ebony Salmon this time. Uh, is there anyone else who could maybe consider themselves a little unfortunate to be left out, or does it just show how strong the uh, the squad really is now? I think it shows how strong the squad is. I think I think Alessia Russo is is you know really in there now. As I mean, she was the main backup to. Ellen White last year, so it was no surprise that she kind of took on that mantle um, this this cycle. Rachel Daly, I think now you can't ignore her as a striker um, with the way she's played, not just for Villa but for Houston Dash, but you know particularly back in the WSL, you know right under the nose of, of the England coaches. I don't think you can you can ignore that, and I think she's really pushing Russo. I think they're different players. I think Russo. Has a bit more about her physically as an all-round player. I think Daly is just so good at scoring goals from any kind of position. Um, I think they complement each other well as as different options. There are players unlucky. I mean, I think I said last time I want to see Ebony Salmon in the squad. I think we will. Um, I think at the moment, obviously, she's just coming off the back of a pre-season. Um, she hasn't actually 
on the NWSL just started at the weekend. So I think we'll see how that goes for her over the next couple of months. Beth England's probably a little bit unlucky. I think she scored six goals in, in eight games or something like that for Tottenham, obviously since joining. And it's sometimes it's just circumstance. I mean, you look at those two players that kind of went for game time, Beth and, and Jordan Nobbs. Um, in January, Jordan obviously went for game time at Aston Villa and, and she's in the squad. And I think sometimes it's, it is down to what area of the pitch you play on. You know, Beth is probably unlucky that you're maybe not going to take more than two number nines to the yeah. tournament. And with Russo and, and Daly sort of well in that, I still think Ebony has a great chance in terms of, she has a very different skill set in terms of her raw pace. But I think Beth is very similar to, to the other two. And, you know, with those two in there, it's hard for her. But with Jordan, you know, she's had similar impact at Villa to, to what Beth has had at Tottenham. And but Jordan's playing in a position on the pitch where England don't have as much depth. You know, you look at the midfield, there's only five midfielders in there. You know, you're sort of starting three and then Jordan and Laura Coombs, who's come back into the squad recently. So there's a real lack of depth in the midfield, which we've said before. And yeah, sometimes you're just a little bit unlucky that you play in a position where, where there is a lot of depth and... Um, England, probably most of England's depth is at the back and in attack. So I think if you're a midfielder, you've got every chance of, of working your way into the squad. And, and if you're an attacker, it's hard. Even out on the wings, you've got Hemp, you know, you've got Kelly, you've got Jess Park, you've got Lauren James, you've got Katie Robinson um, that can all play out there. And, and yeah, it, it's one of those things. I don't think it's a slight on... Beth England um, or Ebony Salmon they're very good players but the reality is they've also got very good players in front of them yeah just going back to the where you mentioned that the American season is going to start very soon or you say it's just started does that mean then that it will break for the World Cup do you know and, and in that case does Ebony Salmon she'll be in almost full flight whilst the whilst the tournament fast approaches are they going to have to stop the American season I believe it breaks. Um, I have to double check it. I know in the past they've played through FIFA windows before um, and teams sort of sign young players as like national team replacements. I would think for a major tournament such as the World Cup, I think it will break. But yeah, she should be in full flight, realistically. Um, I'm not sure when, when it will will break off. Um, But yeah, you know, it's... She's always done well over there. You know, she she seems to suit that league. You know, it's very it is very transitional. Um, a lot of teams play on the counter attack, and yeah, the pace that that Ebony has is you know like very little I've I've seen uh, to be honest in the women's game. So I think she's still got a real chance. But look, she's 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 got to start the season well. If she doesn't, if she's not scoring goals, then like you say, with the options that you have up front, you're not going to work your way in. Um, but I think if she is scoring goals and she is playing well, then I think she's got every chance. And, and like you say, you know, her of anyone should be coming in fairly fresh. You know, all the other teams will have played a full season. It's a very long season. Um, but, you know, she'll be coming in having played probably three months maybe, top end. So, yeah, as long as she's playing well, I think um, 
I think she's got every chance of, of being selected still. Yeah. Well, the first game is the of this window is the finalissima against Brazil uh, on the 6th of April. Of course, we got there by beating Germany in the Euros. Brazil beat Colombia in the South American equivalent. It's a sellout at Wembley. It's, it'd be a great opportunity to, to win a second trophy of the year. Are you, are you going to that one? I am. I'm going to both of them. Both of them. Talk me through Brentford, actually. Do we know the reasons why um, Brentford are hosting one of them? I don't. Um, I, mean, they, they, I went to Brentford actually during the Euros for yeah. uh, the Germany-Austria quarterfinal. I just quite liked it. Nice little stadium, very modern. Um, as you would expect, it's it's quite a new stadium. So I don't know. Um, it's a weird one because I think Australia have actually played there before. So maybe it works. Obviously, Australia have got a lot of um, English-based players, even some London-based players. So maybe it was just convenience. I think as well, sometimes it's just who wants to, you know, who's available um, mm. in terms of pitch maintenance and, and things like that. I think London's obviously always a, a hot spot for games in terms of population. So... I don't know the reasoning, but yeah, they, they they seem to have their stadiums that they prefer. We've seen a lot of games at Southampton, a lot of games at, at Brighton over the years. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any specific reason, but I don't mind it too much. Like I said, it's a nice little stadium and uh, it's a good pitch. So yeah, hopefully it should be, like I say, two, two really good games. Yeah. And then just moving forward, not, not to the World Cup, but just before that, probably there'll be, a, I imagine, a couple more friendlies. Do you know anything on the horizon that's likely to happen? Uh, I think there's talk of, of a few mixed bits and pieces. Um, I think there will be a game here, maybe two. I, I, I think the rumour was they were looking at two or three games um, before the tournament, and I think they're going out to Australia quite early. Um, they're going out a couple of weeks before, so I think there's going to be at least one friendly in Australia, um, probably against one of the other teams that's involved. Um, I do think they're going to have at least a game here, just as a bit of a send-off game. I think it'd yeah. be daft not to. Um, yeah, there's no real rumours yet over who it's going to be, um, but I'm sure it'll be good opposition to prepare them for, for the tournament. But yeah, I think there'll be one here and, and then at least one actually in Australia um, before they, they kick off because I think they are going out. I think they're going out two weeks before the tournament starts for a pre-camp. So, um, yeah, I'd expect there to be at least one game in Australia before it, it kicks off, but no uh, no firm rumours yet on, on who they're going to play. Oh, so they're going for a bit of a bit of Gold Coast sun, I guess, I think. Are they, are they based, or the first game is on, is it Brisbane way, I think? Yeah, I, th- I think a big part of going out there is is just to adapt. Obviously, it's a very different time zone. You know, they'll be they'll be jet lagged. You know, for probably those first few days. So I think they want to make sure the players are, are sort of fully acclimatized by the time the tournament actually starts. I think a few nations are are doing the same thing. They are based on the Gold Coast, somewhere between Sydney and Brisbane. I can't remember the name of the place, but yeah, their first games in Brisbane. Um, and their second game's in Sydney, so it makes sense. Um, and then they're down in Adelaide for the third game, and then the knockouts. I think whether they come first or second in the group, every game will be Brisbane or Sydney, so it makes sense to kind of base base where they are. And um, yeah, but I, th- I think the biggest thing about going out there early is is to get acclimatised 
essentially, and uh, and make sure they're they're ready for for the first game. Yeah, very sensible. Uh, I'm assuming if if you do hear anything, you'd be one of the first to mention it. Obviously, you've got the the Substack page going. Is that going well? Yeah, it's going well. Um, yeah, I kind of started it on a bit of an impulse, really. It was something I wanted to do at the start of the year, and um, but no, I, I I have enjoyed it. Um, I like the freedom of essentially doing doing what I want on a daily basis and, and sort of following. So, I say following my passion, but obviously, you know, you have to you have to write what you think people want to actually read as well, or else people are not gonna gonna pay for it. So it's it's kind of that daily challenge of of creating something something new, something exciting, and you know, something different at the end of the day. That was the biggest thing, something different um to what's already out there and, and trying to push the boundaries. So yeah, it's going well. And yeah, we'll see how it how it continues to go. Yeah, long may it continue. Uh, Rich, thank you very much as always for your time and we can chat again, hopefully. No problem, mate. Many thanks to Rich there. Obviously, we spoke before those Champions League games were played, but I'm sure you understood the context of the conversation. Also, just with regards to the Lionesses games in the World Cup, just to clarify the dates and venues, they are as follows. Saturday the 22nd of July against Haiti is being played in Brisbane. Kickoff there is 10.30am UK time. All of these are UK time. Friday the 28th of July against Denmark in Sydney, 9.30am. And then Tuesday the 1st of August against China in Adelaide, kickoff is 12 noon. As I say, all of those games, UK time. You may have to request some time off work to watch those ones. That is if you're not going out there. If you're going out there... Fair play to you. Uh, get in touch if you're going out there. It would be good to hear what your plans are. Many thanks for tuning in. Don't forget you can follow the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just search Three Lions Podcast. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, apologies if some of the information has changed in the lead up to the game i.e. the squad has changed slightly. Uh, I've not been in the position to record any of the updates, the amendments. Uh, But I am looking forward to heading to Wembley for that Brazil game. Hopefully you are too. Hopefully uh, we can win a second trophy this year. Safe trip to you if you are going. Likewise, if you're going to both games. I'll be back with you very soon, taking a look back on those two games, Brazil and Australia. I hope you can join me for that one. Until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.